are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Tuesday day after the Pelicans beat the Sacramento Kings and moved to 3-0 and in their past three games, a three-game winning streak somehow. This was an ugly one, a 117-110 victory, but New Orleans got it done, and sometimes you don't need to overthink this too much. Brandon Ingram carried the team down the stretch, was I doing just enough too, even though he had a great game overall as well. We'll break this one down for you over the first two segments of today's show, look at B.I.'s heroics, and then some of the bad that we saw from this team too, because the second half... Just, I, the words will come to me by the time I have to talk about it, but it really, really wasn't good. And then we're going to wrap up talking about Eric Bledsoe. Real talk here about Eric Bledsoe because I, I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. I'm at my wit's end, so I need to rant a little bit. So I hope you will join me for that one in the third segment. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this week, Thursday, to get in on the action. Locker Room changing the way we talk sports. So this one wasn't pretty. It was just bad basketball all around in the 117-110 win for the New Orleans Pelicans over the Sacramento Kings. The Kings, by the way, they're in competition with for the final play-in spot, the 10th seed, and New Orleans now is up three games in the loss column on them. This was a big, important win for New Orleans to create a little bit of space there and probably kind of keep the Kings out of this at the end of the day. And as I'm recording this right now, you've got the Golden State Warriors beating the Denver Nuggets, and if Denver can come back and beat Golden State, but Curry's kind of going off, I think, this makes it really interesting because the Pelicans are right in contention for the 10th spot and should be the rest of the way. So these games really, really do matter if New Orleans wants to at least sniff getting into the postseason in the play-in tournament. So pressure cook games, this one matters. Wins a win, as Stan Van Gundy kind of said after the game, and the Pelicans are on a three-game winning streak right now after the really ugly win the other night over the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Before we get into Brandon Ingram and his heroics down the stretch and throughout the whole game, and Zion having a good game too, you know, this is a game that the Pelicans probably would have lost early on in the year. They've been better in the clutch and closing games out, even if it makes us a little bit more nervous than we'd like, and that's improvement. You know, Brandon Ingram struggled to close games in the beginning of the year. He's now really started to come up as, I don't want to call him a closer yet, but not a, a miserable in the clutch and hit shots in this one when the Pelicans really needed him to do it. And as I said on Twitter, you know, sometimes you don't need to overthink things. We can, you know, wring our hands over West Wundu starting, over Eric Bledsoe, over Najee Marshall not getting the start, you know, all of that stuff. You're going to win games based on your best players. It's going to be Brandon Ingram. It's going to be on Zion Williamson. And if they show up, you have a really good chance to win pretty much every game. And they combined for 64 points in this one. And B.I. and Zion Williamson were the guys that hit shots down the stretch for New Orleans. That's what you want. And by doing that, well, they won the game. That's who really did it. Other than uh, Wessel Wundu hitting free throws as the Pelicans were fouling down the stretch, it was... 
Ingram that gave the Pelicans a, uh, a two point layup to put them up 110, 109. And then when they answered with a bucket, it was Zion Williamson getting down the lane for a dunk to put them up 112, 104. Before that, it was Brandon Ingram hitting free throws. That's how you win this game. Before that, it was Brandon Ingram hitting a jumper from mid range. That's how you win these games. And it was Brandon Ingram that came through for New Orleans in this one. Make no mistake, this isn't a pretty win. And you shouldn't feel good about this team if that's what it's taking to kind of close out the Sacramento Kings. But your guys need to come through, and they did. Brandon Ingram on the night was masterful. 11 of 18 for 61% from the field. 3 of 8 from deep, so he's shooting 37.5%. 9 of 10 at the line. 6 rebounds, 7 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks, 34 points. That's really, really good. He had five turnovers, and turnovers were uh, were a problem for New Orleans in the second half, and they just had no energy and played lazy basketball. Um, and they just kept turning the ball over and over and over again, keeping the Sacramento Kings in this one. But everything else he did was good, and to see him have two good games in a row after a couple of games when he just didn't really seem there to kind of come back and have the games that he did was definitely what you want to see out of him. He and Zion Williamson work. There's no doubt that you can make them, at least offensively, the future of the team. Defensively is where they're going to either be make or broken, I guess, uh, made or broken for the future of this Pelicans team because that's where they tend to struggle. And look, defense wasn't great in this, though. I don't know if it was really their fault. And I actually thought Brandon Ingram had a couple of big stops, and he did, and was just excellent. He carried this team. Zion wasn't bad either, by the way. Zion finished with 30 points on the night on 11 of 21 shooting, 62%, 4 of 8 from the foul line. That's not great. Six rebounds, four assists, one block, three turnovers. That's a little bit higher than what he's been doing, but 30 total points. They ran so many weird and different lineups. We should probably talk about this more on Tuesday when I have a little bit more breathing room and time. um, Oh, sorry, on Wednesday before the game. You can put whatever garbage lineup you want around Zion Williamson two bigs in Steven Adams and Billy Hernan Gomez no problem for him to go out there and score no shooters whatsoever doesn't matter Zion's gonna score it is unbelievable the things that he's able to do and you saw this is the second game in a row now when he's done it a jump shot from the baseline this time over his right shoulder turned around spun shot boom that's new And if he has that in his bag, I don't know how you guard him. You're still going to take away the rim. But if he's got a reliable jumper like that, even if it's short bunny, uh, he's going to be able to get that shot off because you're going to try and sag off him to take away the rim. And if he can shoot that and make that, pick your poison. The poison still that you want to try and defend is the rim. But overall, I mean, he's just an unstoppable force. And then you combine it with what Brandon Ingram did. Great. Now, the rest of the team... Not so good. And that's what I want to get into coming up here in the next segment of Locked On Pelicans. This episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about the Pelicans, the NBA, or just other topics in general. And as you guys know, I host one once a week. We're moving this one instead of Wednesday since there's a game to Thursday. But they're usually Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central. But we're going to do it Thursday at 6 p.m. Central. Locked On Pelicans Live. Yes, you can finally join in on 
the conversation you listen to every single day. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the NBA, and you'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to the biggest news or rumors. And again, you got a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on Locked On Pelicans here through our Locker Room conversations. Thursday, 6 p.m. Central. Make sure you download the app. It's free, currently available on all iOS devices, and be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. Follow me. It's at Nola Jake to be notified when my room goes live. And I can't wait to hear your thoughts on everything when it comes to the Pelicans, Zion, Brandon Ingram, all of that. Make sure to talk to you guys. Then, Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Today's edition of Locked on Pelicans is also brought to you by rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everyone and always reliably low. I am working on an old car. I order parts from this place all the time. I try and shop around to get the best deal. And basically, 98% of the time, I would say it's rockauto.com. They've literally saved me thousands of dollars by offering the lowest prices possible and not just kind of artificially inflating the prices of things when they realize there's a demand for it. Rockauto.com is for everyone. There's no membership or account login or anything like that. It's a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Literally anything you could need for your car. You need parts for your engine? They have it. You need new brake pads because they're squeaking and you don't want to be dangerous out on the highway? They have that too. You just need to kind of refresh the interior, change the carpet because of a flood here in New Orleans? They have it. Literally anything in their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you want because prices are always reliably low at rockauto.com. And again, the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Do not spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So don't forget live locker room chat Thursday, 6 p.m. Central. Had some technical difficulties last week, but those are all sorted out. I am not going to miss this one because I want to hear your takes on the team. I can invite you on stage basically there. You ask a question or give your thoughts. I've got questions specifically for all of you as well. So make sure you join me Thursday, 6 p.m. Central. So still talking about the Pelicans 117-110 win over the Sacramento Kings. A win's a win. The Pelicans are on a three-game winning streak, but this certainly wasn't a good game. And Stan Van Gundy in the game against Cleveland talked a lot about accountability, right, for Zion Williamson, for Brandon Ingram, and their defense. The defense was bad. They eked out a win, but the defense was bad. And while this team struggled defending, I'm going to talk about that more in the third segment when we jump into some real talk about Eric Bledsoe here, um, which Stan Van Gundy is for you, by the way, not necessarily for you listeners, because I think you're all going to agree with me, but someone needs to hear this. And that someone is probably Stan Van Gundy. But Stan Van Gundy, after this game, seemed to have some accountability for himself, at least in terms of some of what we saw in the second half, where the Pelicans offense just went to shit. It was terrible. Like, it was just a a garbage fire. They managed to get some individual stellar play down the stretch, which won them the game. But make no mistake, this was just a bad, ugly game, and offensively, they were a wreck. And he said it after this, after the game and his post-game media availability, we came with no energy in the second half. The third quarter was awful. We were just turning the ball over all the time. They had 14 in the second half, by the way. Our offense was terrible. I could not figure out what would get us going and get us shots. End quote. Like, Stan, that's your job. 
like I, I get it. Sometimes the players just they're out there, they're doing the thing. But he's playing legitimately weird lineups and bad rotations, and you're wondering what the hell is going through his mind. When Stan says this, he needs to hold himself more accountable for it. The starting lineup in this game, and Antonio Daniels did his best to try and explain it. Joel Myers did his best to try and kind of put a positive spin on it. But the starting lineup in this game was Eric Bledsoe, Wessa Wundu, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, and Steven Adams. What is a Wundu doing in there? He just had two straight DNPs. And then you're going to throw him in the starting lineup? There seems to be a bit of a problem with that. Najee Marshall just had his best game of the season. You could maybe start him. He can play out there on the wing. They decided not to do that. They went with Wes Awundu. And going into the middle of the fourth quarter, Wes Awundu had the second most minutes on the team. Now, this isn't like a knock on him. He's not supposed to be a good player. He ended up having 11 points and seven rebounds. It's pretty good, actually. But you guys get what I'm trying to say. How many times has he left bad lineups out there that are struggling to score that just don't have the right energy or the right any type of offense without calling a timeout? We've seen it so many times. How many times does Eric Bledsoe need to be left out there during a close game only to make stupid play after stupid play, which he did and which we'll talk about in the next segment. Stan Van Gundy definitely needs to look a little bit internal at this one and wonder, well, you know, am I part of the problem here with some of these weird rotations? I don't know what else to really say about these sorts of things. You had Kyra Lewis Jr. only get 15 minutes of action. He was a plus 14 in those 15 minutes. He scored 11 points. He was 5 of 9 from the field and really attacked the basket and collapsed the defense and kicked out. Three assists. Eric Bledsoe on the night. 3 of 11 from the field. 1 of 6 from deep. It wasn't perfect 6 of 6 from the line. I'll give him that. Finished with 2 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, 5 turnovers, 13 total points, minus 7. Of all the starters, he had the, the largest negative plus minus. The worst negative plus, or the worst plus minus at negative 7. Uh, Stan Van Gunny at a certain point, he's looking at himself and be like, well, I, I I need to make some changes and start putting in the guys who deserve to be playing and who are playing better. I, I don't know what this was because at times the Pelicans, despite getting out to a big lead and they were by 20 plus in this one, you know, to start the game, they look kind of rough, especially that that starting lineup wasn't working at the start of the third. If they don't have the right energy, putting guys who do have energy, Kyra Lewis Jr. has energy. Najee Marshall had energy in this one, and he didn't get the kind of run or kind of roll that he had in the previous game. Use those guys. We're all screaming for it. Maybe and look, look, it's 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 his job to do what he wants with it. But I kind of look at this, and I just don't get it. Really, really, whatsoever. Jackson Hayes played twenty minutes in this one, eight points, seven boards, tons of great chaotic energy, including three steals. He was plus 10. Maybe play those guys more in the second half if you think they have an energy problem, if they're having trouble to find offense. Put the guys in who can potentially carry you. I think that's a big thing. Jackson Hayes, 10 minutes of action in the second half. It could have been used more, I think. I think we all kind of agree that because the starting lineup really did not get it going. Now, that bench unit, by the way, in the first half, really, really good. That bench mob that has tons of energy of Kyra Lewis Jr., James Johnson, Jackson Hayes, Najee Marshall in there, all of them when it comes to individual plus minus were plus double digits. 
having a bench unit that has that kind of chaotic good energy that doesn't lose leads and even increases leads, and that's what they did, and they were playing a bunch around Zion Williamson too, you got to love a lineup like that. Your bench doesn't need to win you games. It needs to not lose you games. But anytime it makes overly positive contributions, you need to be thrilled and not waste that game because the starters were worse. They're your starters. They're better than the bench. And if your bench is out playing them, you need to mix your lineups more in the middle of a game. And you really saw that in here. When those guys just started turning the ball over, put someone different in there because that's not how you're going to win games at all. Sacramento had 20 points in the fast break, 27 points off turnovers. You're not going to win games if that's how it gets done. And New Orleans ended up almost blowing a 26-point lead because of it. And Stan Van Gundy, you got to hold yourself accountable for this too. It's great that you say that, but at the same point, it's not not good if that's the actual case. You need to make some changes because we've seen this story time and time again. All right, so coming up next, let's talk about Eric Bledsoe because just like what, right? What's going on here? Let's break it down, um, particularly in the eyes of guards who've lit up New Orleans so far this season. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, MLB, and NHL are all in full swing. And Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today, and receive a fifty percent welcome bonus when you use the promo code Locked On. That is promo code. Locked on for a 50% welcome bonus when you sign up over at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Again, download the Locker Room app. Join me for a live show for Locked On Pelicans Thursday, 6 p.m. Central. You can follow me on there. It's at Nola Jake. Looking forward to talking to you guys here and your takes on the team. Got specific questions for you all, so make sure you join me Thursday, 6 p.m. Central on the Locker Room app. So let's wrap up today's show talking a little bit about... Eric Bledsoe. And as I said, Stan, Stan, this one, this one's for you. You need to hear this. You've talked a lot about accountability, others holding others accountable, right? That's one of the reasons you were brought in. So Stan, let's have a little bit of a chat here about Eric Bledsoe. I, look, you, you just watched the game, right? You, you were the coach. You were on the sidelines. Unless you were missing these things, and I'm going to assume it's a loaded question, right? I'm baiting you in this. You're not going to say no. But Eric Bledsoe was not good. Eric Bledsoe played the second most minutes on the team behind Zion Williamson. 34 minutes and 54 seconds. And in those 34 minutes and 54 seconds, he was 3 of 11. Cool 27%. like the reverse Zion. 27%. 1 of 6 from 3. 13 total points. 5 turnovers. And a negative 7 in the plus minus. He started off the game turning the ball over 3 times. We can talk about his offensive numbers all we want. He's averaging 11.9 points per game this season. Let's call it 12. That's down from last year at 15 points per game. So he's down three points per game. It's a significant number for that. He's shooting 41.1%. His career average is 45.4. He shot in Milwaukee in his time there 48%. 41.1 so far this season. To his credit, his three-point shot has improved 35.6%, which is well above his career average in the highest season he second highest season that he's ever had so far. 
Uh, sorry, third highest season. There we go. So his three-point shot's been good. Maybe not reliable, but it's been good. But his rebounds are down. His assists are down. And he's doing this all in more minutes per game than he did last year. But those numbers are all down. And then he has those games where he just completely keeps turning the ball over and over and over again. It's really frustrating at a time when you have Kyra Lewis Jr. who's outplaying him and you still leave him out there. I don't get it. You want to make the play-in tournament, you actually probably need to play this guy less right now. If you had kept him out there you know, longer, if the, Pel- if the game had kept going on, I wonder if the Pelicans could have lost because of Eric Bledsoe's bad play. When you have hungrier guys on the bench in Kyra Lewis Jr. who aren't making these type of turnovers, who are being aggressive and driving and seem to have a plan with things that they're doing, which is not what Eric Bledsoe seems to have. But, oh, Jake, you may stay. You may say, Mr. Stan Van Gundy, his defense, we need that. He's an all-second-team defensive guy from last season. Well, he's not that guy this year, Stan, is what I would say back to you. This comes from Andrew Lopez and ESPN Stats and Info. From ESPN Stats and Info, De'Aaron Fox joins Kobe Bryant and Damian Lillard as the only players to score 35-plus points three different times against the Pelicans in a single season. De'Aaron Fox, 35-plus points three different times this year. Kobe Bryant did it in 05-06. No, it doesn't matter, right? Damian Lillard, the other guy who's done it. Guess what season that's happened in? This season as well. So you have Damian Lillard, who's gone off for 35-plus against New Orleans in three games this year, and De'Aaron Fox, who's done it in three games this year too. That's awful. Yes, there's no Drew Holiday, and clearly defensively Eric Bledsoe is not Drew Holiday, though he made it onto the all-defensive team last year ahead of Drew Holiday. But when you hear numbers like that, he's not playing defense like that. I'll have a good possession here or there, but so does everyone for the most part. This is not a guy who's being that all-defensive player that's making a difference on that side of the ball. He's not giving it to you consistently offensively. He needs to be playing fewer minutes. He should not be closing games. And it's Stan Van Gundy keeps him out there. Every number, every metric, even and it all matches up with the eye test, right? I don't get it. And this comes down to those rotations we were talking about, the lineups we were seeing, and Stan Van Gundy's inability to change when that looks like it's happening. It's not... We're not calling his tenure here a failure. He was a bad hire or anything like that. It's way too early to make that kind of claim. And he's done a really good job unleashing Zion and making him the point guard, right? That we've all seen, the guard that he is. That's a huge, huge checkmark in Stan Van Gundy's favor. What the hell is this with Eric Bledsoe, right? It's terrible. And something needs to change because for the second half in this game, it looked like the Pelicans were actively trying to tank. It did. They actively looked like they were trying to lose that game, but not have you realize they're trying to lose that game. Stealth tank. You can't have that because that's not what they're doing. They're chasing the 10th spot and they're going to have every opportunity to go and get that 10th seed and at least sniff the playoffs. But Eric Bledsoe may tank you if that's end, if you keep playing him that many minutes per game. He's been that bad. All right, that's going to do it. No more rants from me here. We're going to be happy tomorrow, though. I do want to look at that bench lineup and some of these other weird lineups and how it doesn't matter when you put Zion Williamson out there. So we'll touch on that and then preview tomorrow's game against the Knicks, who are also on a three-game winning streak. And the Pelicans, by the way, 
look like they could potentially stretch this out to a six-game winning streak. We'll get it all and more in tomorrow's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So thank you all very much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Back with you all then.